Kathy Zaka, and I'm your host today for Pure Truth. I want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. The title of today's episode is Encountering God's Truth. This episode is part two of a series of three different episodes, and this one's going to be titled The Father of Lies. And our scripture for today is from John 8:44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Here we go. Last week, we answered the question, what is truth from man's perspective? And this week, we're going to talk about the father of lies and how what he does causes so much harm to all of God's children. In the verse that I just read to you, which is John eight forty four, Jesus called the devil the father of lies. And that is where that term comes from. Satan told the first lie in history to Eve in the Garden of Eden. He planted seeds of doubt in Eve's mind with a question. Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And I'm going to continue here on with verses 2-4. through four. Well, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. Satan directly contradicts God's word by telling her, You will not certainly die. With that lie, Satan led Eve to her death. Adam followed, and so have we all. Lying is the primary weapon that Satan uses against God's children. He uses lies to separate us from our Heavenly Father. The definition of lie is to make an untrue statement with an intent to deceive. Lying means the misrepresentation of one or more facts in order to gain a benefit or harm another person. A liar is someone who doesn't tell the truth. Well, that's who Satan is. He doesn't tell the truth, and he does it to harm others. He has told more lies to more people than any other being ever created. His success depends on people believing his lies. Adolf Hitler once said, if you tell a big enough lie and you tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. Wow, that's a true statement. And we can see this happening in our time right now. Our news media has thrown so many lies at us repeatedly that many people believe what they have been saying. The Bible says God hates a lying tongue. I'm going to give you some scriptures. Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in their community. Then we have Proverbs twelve twenty two, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Proverbs 19, verse 9, A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish. Lying is not only harmful to ourselves, but also to the people we are in relationship with, friends, family, and co-workers. Lying is an act of betrayal, and it violates the trust your friend, 
partner or family member is trying to build with you. When people uncover lies, depending on how damaging the lies are, some relationships are ruined beyond repair. The risk is simply not worth losing such a valuable connection or relationship. Lying also gets more complicated as time goes on, especially if the person telling lies continues to do so. And it goes with the statement that I read just a minute ago from Adolf Hitler. If you tell a lie frequently enough, it will be believed. When people lie, they have to tell more and more lies to cover up the truth, which causes stress and can be emotionally draining. I think we've all been there. Because lies hide a part of ourselves and our feelings, it also becomes more and more difficult for people who lie to know how they truly feel. Right? They believe their own lies. The deception that is within them is working to harm them in ways that they can't even begin to imagine. That's what the enemy does. He not only harms the person that is being lied to, but it's also detrimental to the one that is lying. Telling the truth can be challenging, but it also frees us from the burden of dishonesty. It makes our friendships and relationships more trusting and stable. Ephesians four twenty-five through 27 and 29. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. 1 Peter three ten through 12 it says, For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. You know, throughout my Christian walk, I have always had a good amount of fear of Satan. He can be very scary, especially if you don't know God's word. But once you don't understand that the devil has no power over you, he's not scary anymore. It all goes back to lack of knowledge. So many of us lack knowledge concerning our enemy. So in this episode, I will cover some basic facts about our enemy. Satan is the enemy of God. He uses every opportunity to oppose and obstruct God's plan and purpose for us. He is determined to rob God of his right to rule the hearts and lives of men. He is determined to rob men of the privilege of living in heaven. Satan is not only the enemy of God, he's also the enemy of man. And he has a vast demonic army under his rule. Satan deceived Adam and Eve. And I just talked about that. It's in the book of Genesis. Satan stood against Israel. First Chronicles 21 verse 1 says, Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. He afflicted Job. Job 1 verses 1 through 2 says, In the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. And you can read all of Job to find out what Satan did to afflict him. It was a lot. Satan also tempted Jesus. Matthew 4 verses 8 through 10 It says the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Satan infilled Judas. Luke 22, verses 3 through 4, it says, Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, which is one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. He sifted Simon. Luke 22, verse 31 says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. 
But this just means that Satan wanted to shake Simon's faith so forcefully that he would fall, proving that God's faithful servant was lacking. He also hindered Paul. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 18, For we wanted to come to you, certainly. I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. You know, there are so many more examples that I could give you. But I'll stop at this next one because it references what we're discussing today. Satan deceived the whole world. Revelation 12, 9 says, The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. It would be so much easier for us to reject the devil if he revealed himself to us, right? But Satan cleverly disguises himself as one who will do us good. He speaks to each one of us just as he did to Eve, and it's all lies. You might hear him saying, do you really think God is real? You're not good enough. God doesn't love you like you think he does. Your husband or wife doesn't love you. Your children don't even like you. You will never be healed from your sickness because God doesn't care about you. You will never fulfill your dreams because you aren't smart enough. Wow. He lies to us constantly. He bombards our minds with deceiving words. And the damage begins when we start to agree with it. Once we come into agreement with these lies, then he has rights over us. And this is what keeps us in bondage to him. If we begin to fight back, the devil will go to God and say, she's coming to agreement with this. And that gives me permission to do what I'm doing. And this is because many of us don't understand how the enemy works. We lack knowledge in this area. You know, God has a court system set up in heaven. It's why we have something similar down here on earth. You hear that scripture. It is on earth as it is in heaven. Again, there is so much more I could talk about here, but I'll have to save it for another episode to keep us on track. That's what his lies do to us. He speaks them over and over again. And then we begin to believe them and everything starts going downhill from there. He even deceives us in how he approaches us. He will use people that we love and trust. He will speak lies into their ears and they will speak these lies to us. It's a never-ending cycle of deceit that causes so much harm to so many. He will also appear to us as a brilliant and gifted pastor, a friend or teacher who speaks eloquently. He uses people to hurt other people. Proverbs 26 verse 28, A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. He uses people in government that are charismatic, and they can charm every person they speak to. How many politicians have we caught? and lie after lie after lie. Proverbs 26, verses 24 through 26. Enemies disguise themselves with their lips, but in their hearts they harbor deceit. Though their speech is charming, do not believe them, for seven abominations fill their hearts. Their malice may be concealed by deception, but their wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. He will do everything he can to stop us from becoming a Christian. And if that doesn't work, Then he begins his plan of stopping us from becoming an effective Christian. He works to rob us of our confidence and courage as well as peace and joy. He will do anything he can to deter us from God's truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. That verse packs a punch. Satan is known as the God of this world. But the next part of that verse is very much the reality that we live in. He has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They don't know who God is. They don't understand the message of Jesus. 
and I found a book titled The Great Deceiver. It was written by Paul W. Powell, and I want to read you something that he said about our enemy. Paul says, Satan is called in Scripture, we just talked about this, the God of this world. What that means in part is that he always has the home field advantage against us. We are always playing in his ballpark. Militarily, it means that we fight him in hostile territory. He has the populace, the masses on his side against us. The Greek word for world is the word ion, which is A-I-O-N, and it means age. It is used here in a moral and spiritual sense. It refers to the spirit of this age as opposed to the age to come. Worldliness is a mental attitude that excludes God from life. It encompasses everything in the existing order of things which is outside the kingdom of God. You know, each of us has a certain lifestyle. Behind that lifestyle is a value system or a philosophy of life. Our value system or philosophy of life determines our dress, our morals, and our behavior. There are only two sources for our value system. They are the world or the word. According to the Bible, the whole social structure of this world is controlled by a prevailing principle of life that is foreign to God and leads people away from Him. Through education, music, art, styles, the mass media, and government, the God of this world exerts tremendous pressure on all of us to conform to the world's lifestyle rather than God's. That is why Paul wrote in Romans 12:2, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. This subtle pressure is another way that Satan gets to us. He uses the pull of the flesh from within and the pressure of the world from without. If we aren't careful, we will unwittingly permit ourselves to be influenced by what people say than by what God says. This can happen gradually, almost imperceptibly, but it can happen nonetheless. Satan is a liar. He lies about anything and everything. He lies to you, your spouse, your children, your church pastors, your friends, and your co-workers. He tells them lies about you, and he tells you lies about them. That is why we have so much division in this world. It's because he lies to us, and we are all guilty of believing his lies at some point in our life. He has control of our arts and entertainment industry, as well as our media. He spreads lies to the things that we watch, TV shows, movies, and even the news. Satan is the master of deceit. He doesn't care who it hurts. As a matter of fact, he takes great pleasure in ruining people's lives because of the web of lies that we get caught up in. Even the most faithful, strong Christian is susceptible to the lies of Satan. He never stops trying to separate us from God. Here on earth, there is never a time when we can unbuckle our armor and lay down our sword. Satan is always looking for a crack in our armor, a way to sneak in and attack our faith our health, our mind, and even our families. You know, Peter was the first man to confess in Matthew 16, 16, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But Peter also became a tool of Satan to divert Jesus from God's will. And if it could happen to Simon Peter, it could happen to any one of us. And I'm going to read another section of the book that I mentioned earlier, which is The Great Deceiver. The author writes, The great battles of the world are not fought with guns and bombs, or by combat soldiers on the battlefields of this world, they are fought in the minds of people. The mind is the oldest, most common battlefield known to the human race. Ever since God provided Adam and Eve clear instructions on how to live happy, successful lives, 
A fierce battle has been raging over who will control man's thought processes, Satan or God. In 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, Paul wrote, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We are told three facts in these verses. One, there is a battle. Two, the battle is fought in the mind. And three, the objective is to capture our thoughts. The mind of man is here compared to an enemy stronghold or fortress. Many evil thoughts, negative thoughts, are housed in this fortress and need to be taken captive to the obedience of Christ. These strong mental attitudes rise like a battalion of enemy soldiers in our minds. Paul recognized that we have to live in the world with its trouble and in the flesh with its frailties. But the real battle is spiritual. Satan's stronghold is our minds. He is always seeking to capture our thoughts. And here again is a reminder of 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Because the victory was won on the cross, we have the right to evict thoughts that come from the flesh of the devil. And that includes all the lies that he whispers to us. If we allow the devil to get control of our minds, then he has the control room of our lives. We must remember that he can take on any form that would seem pleasing to us to convince us that his lies are not lies at all. He will use every tool he has to try and convince you that he is right and you are wrong. If he sees that you are beginning to question things, he immediately comes to bring in doubt and he whispers even more lies. He never stops. And this is why it's so important for you to put on the whole armor of God and pray ahead to protection around you and your family. The best way to protect yourself from the Father of lies is to stay close to Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Get to know Him intimately. We talk about that a lot. And He will help you discern the truth from the lies. When you know who you are in Christ, it is much more difficult for the enemy to convince you of the lies that he is constantly throwing at you. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. The first piece of spiritual armor that God gives us is the girdle of truth. The soldier's girdle was a broad leather belt that served to hold his tunic in place and from which the scabbard for his sword was suspended. Truth is without the article of the Greek text and therefore carries the idea of sincerity and truthfulness. We will not be successful in resisting and overcoming the evil of Satan if we are hypocritical or dishonest. 
Paul's prayer for the Philippian Christians was that they might be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. And that's from Philippians 1.10. The word, which is used for sincere in that scripture, it's a very interesting word. It literally means tested by sunlight. It describes that which can be inspected by being held up to the light in the sun without any flaws appearing. And this brings to mind the practice of early shoppers for pottery. Often as the potter fired his product, it would crack under the heat of the furnace. Rather than discarding the cracked vessel or selling it at a discount, he would press colored wax into the cracks to disguise them and to make the vessel appear perfect. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? The enemy is a master of disguising things to make them appear perfect, when in fact they are not. So the wise shopper would then lift the vessel up to the sunlight and examine it carefully. If there were cracks in it, the sunlight would filter through and reveal them. Paul's prayer is that our character can stand the test of investigation, the test of sunlight, without having any flaws in it. I love that. As children of God, we must not merely say that we desire victory over sin. We must truly long for it. Our spiritual vows and public statements must always be sincerely spoken, for the devil has no difficulty in defeating the insincere and the half-hearted. We face an enemy called the father of lies. He is the embodiment of deceit. He likes to be regarded as an angel of light, but in reality, he brings despair, darkness, and death. Such an enemy can only be opposed by sincerity and truth. If we are deceitful, hypocritical, and insincere, we play into his hands and cannot adequately resist him. Satan has many demons that represent his power here on earth, but God gave us authority over those demons and we can cast them down. Jesus reminds us of this in Luke 10, verses 17-19. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Satan has already been defeated, but he is still here. Right? We know that. He's still here for now. He has been dethroned but not yet destroyed. He is still alive and active. The Bible makes it very clear that while Satan has already been judged and condemned to the pit of hell, he will continue to work until he enters the age when his final overthrow is complete. He is still active, but he no longer has dominion over us. That is truth. That's God's truth. And it cannot be changed. It stands forever. Amen. And I want to share with you a word that I received from the Lord about the Father of Lies. This was on January the 14th of 2024. While praying this morning, I found myself in heaven with Jesus. Before me, I saw what looked like a long, giant water slide. And I watched as a sled came down this water slide. Someone was standing up in it, and they were laughing with so much joy. As it came down, it landed perfectly in a lagoon of water. And it slid all the way across the lagoon or small lake, stopping close to the water's edge. Heaven is so much fun, guys. And Jesus always delights in showing me many different things there. I love it. I talk with Jesus for a few moments about different things going on in my life. And I love the wisdom of his answers to the questions that I have. It's always just so profound. And during our conversation, the sleds, they just continued to come down the giant slide. And I could hear joyous laughter all around me. It's so peaceful when you're there and you're experiencing that. and You're just talking to Jesus. There's nothing but peace and joy None of the things that you're experiencing here on earth, they all just go away. 
It's so wonderful. And I asked Jesus what he had to say about the father of lies. And once again, he answered me with so much wisdom. He said, Satan chose to reject my father, sealing his fate for all of eternity. And when he rejected my father, he also rejected me. When he chose this, he was cast down to earth, and he no longer enjoys the privileges that he had as one of my father's angels. He is now void of love and truth, peace and joy. He is full of hate and lies. And because Satan knows how much my father loves his children that he created, Satan wants to destroy every single one of them. He lies to manipulate. He lies to distort. He lies to destroy everything that God created. Because he no longer has truth in him, he vows to kill, steal, and destroy everything that we create. The enemy has knowledge of the things in God's kingdom, and he has an entire army that works to keep this knowledge away from man. This is the battle that he will lose, for many are seeking kingdom knowledge, and we are answering this in a mighty way. Satan uses lies to alter or change what's really happening. He uses the media to spread those lies. He instills fear, causing a ripple effect that leads to anxiety and depression. He does not want you to experience the peace of God. He doesn't want you to live in freedom, but instead, he wants you to live in bondage to him. He wants control of everything on earth, only to defy us. There is no limit to the lies that he tells. There is no limit to the pain and hurt that he causes my children. He will stop at nothing to destroy everything that we love. The lies that he whispers to you are vicious and hateful. The lies are meant to deter you from what we have for you. If you could see what he is doing to you, you would absolutely have nothing to do with it, for it is evil. He tells you that you aren't good enough, pretty enough, or smart enough. He tells you that people don't like you. He causes people to be jealous of you by whispering lies into their ears, and this causes division among you. The lies instill fear, hatred, rage, division, sickness, death, and so much more. He starts wars with his lies. He breaks up families. He destroys governments and nations, all from the lies that he whispers. It starts with one man and spreads like wildfire. Nothing good ever comes from a lie. He has deeply infiltrated my church, and so many are caught up in false doctrine. The web of lies began with Adam and Eve in the garden, and it has grown exponentially in ways that will astound you. But the enemy will not have his way much longer, for truth is coming. It cannot be denied. The lies will be exposed. All the evil will be exposed. There's nothing to fear. You need only to place your trust and faith in me, and together we will bring you out of bondage and into freedom. Draw close to me, and I will guide and instruct you. There is no need to fear, for I am always here. Thank you, Jesus, for your wisdom. Thank you for letting us know that you will take care of our enemy. All we need to do is put our faith and our trust in you. The lies that the enemy has spoken have caused great harm to all of mankind, and a lot of blame has been placed on God because of these lies. But our God cannot lie. The devil tries to tell us the opposite, but once again, it's all lies. And we will see many more lies exposed over this coming year that will be difficult to hear. But we must know these things, all of it, so we will know what we need to change for our future, for our children and our grandchildren. No matter what happens, My faith and my trust are in Jesus. I know he will see us through the storm and we will experience freedom like never before. Amen. All right, guys, it's time to close. 
Next week, I will discuss what it means to encounter God's truth. It's going to be really good, so please join me. And I'll close with a scripture from Revelation 20, verse 10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Amen. Today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for all that you do for us. I will put the link to the book that I mentioned as well as any other links that I use in the notes section of this episode. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews that we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. And also please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. We would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3 at gmail.com. And please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Laura's website is laurapotter.us, and Susan's website is susanoffen.com. We hope you'll join us next time, and remember, live thirsty. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace. Until next time, your favorite podcaster, Kathy. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid.